Thanks for checking out the Ascent Church podcast. Our mission is to reach, equip, and impact others exactly where they are as we rise to new life in Christ. We hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Thomas Lane. We're in a series about wandering, wandering. And today I want to talk to you about your closeness with God. Maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you've been one for years. Maybe you're on the fence. Maybe you don't know what you are. Maybe you're just spiritual. A lot of people these days say, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Okay, we love to say that. So maybe you're a spiritual person. I want to address all this today, because even if you are just a spiritual person, you got to admit, some days you feel close to God and some days you don't. I want to talk to you, especially the Christians today about this. Sometimes you feel like you're tight with God, close, intimate, and some days you feel like you don't know who he is, where he is. We wander. We wander. And when it comes down to intimacy with God, we got to talk about something that's called prayer. All it is is talking to God. And y'all are like, oh, gosh, can't believe I skipped mimosas with the girls to come here. And this dude is going to tell me for 30 minutes, you need to pray more. I ain't going to do that. It's not that kind of place. It's not that kind of sermon. But I want to challenge your thinking and give you some tips. I really want to challenge your perspective on prayer a little bit because we wander. We wander. If you pray, we wander. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, you wander. Here's what I mean. There's four ways we wander. Four ways. The first way is that we don't pray. We just don't do it. Maybe we plan to do it. Maybe it's New Year's resolution time. I'm going to start praying, baby. We just don't do it. We get busy. The kids are screaming. Okay, you're just trying to survive and make it to work and not murder somebody. You're just trying to like make it through the day. We just don't pray, some of us. We just don't do it. We just don't do it. Now, this is nobody here. This is at a, a former church I was at in a different city. A guy reached out and said, my marriage is on the rocks. We're having some troubles. Can we meet? I said, sure thing. So we got to the coffee shop and we got coffee and we sit down. And the first question I asked him was, tell me about your last date. When's the last time you went on a date? And he said, I don't remember. Somebody say, ooh. No, I turn your neighbor, give him the ooh, okay? You don't have to be a marriage counselor to understand that's probably not a good thing, okay? You can't have intimacy without communication. You just can't. And let's talk about marriage for a moment. Some of you feel like you're drifting apart. I want to bet it's because you're not talking as much as you used to. We used to have these dates, used to have this time. And I get you got, you got kids, you're tired. I get that, but you got to communicate. You got to spend time face to face. Now, dating is great, but... I got to ask you, what do you mean by date? Because some of us, a date night is, you know, it's, it's what I call Netflix and takeout. And there's nothing wrong with that every once in a while. Sometimes you got to go to Panda Express, baby. You got to swing by Chipotle. Sometimes you got to go to cookout. You know, I was going to mention it. You know, I was hashtag trays for days, baby. Picking up some trays for your girl, hanging out, watching whatever y'all watch on Netflix these days, whatever, hanging out. That's not bad. But sometimes, you know, you sit next to each other, you're focusing on the screen. That's okay. But when y'all date, I want you face to face. I want you to go on a walk, spend some time. And some of you are like, I don't have any money. Date doesn't mean expensive. You can go to Barnes and Noble, the boardwalk, Rent a canoe, steal one if you want. You didn't hear that from me, okay? Just go, do something fun. Have a good, you didn't hear that at church. Have a good time together. Make some memories. I'm gonna see one of you jokers on the news. <laughs> Pastor T said I should do it to save my marriage. Okay, I don't wanna hear about it. Do something legal. Do something legal. Y'all, it's the same with God though. Right on, we're side by side with him but we're not face to face. See, some of us were like, what do you mean? I came to church. 
I had Caleb on in the background of on my way to work. Doesn't that count? All right, that's side-by-side dating, okay? That's, you, you know, you're, you're, you're close, but I don't think that quite creates intimacy. That's number one. We just don't pray. We don't talk to them. It's as simple as that. Number two is we wander in our prayers, meaning you actually pray, but you go all over the place. You ever done this? You start praying and you're like, dear God, bless my children. God, help them get through this day by passing this test. And then in like 30 seconds, you're like, man, I hope the Red Sox pull it out. And you're like, wait, how did I get there? And then you're like, reset, refocus, refocus. I'm gonna pray more. God, I ask you to be with that homeless person. Be with them, bless them, give them an opportunity. And then in 10 seconds, you're like, we need more almond milk. Who's been drinking all the almond milk? Why is it so expensive? Why does it last so short? And you're like, wait a second. I was just praying a second ago. How did I get from that to this? We wander. We wander. That's number two. We do pray, but we wander. Number three is we, this is a good one. We recite words rather than have a conversation. We recite words. You see, some of us treat it as an incantation. Bless you. A rain dance. Harry Potter, expecto patronum. You do the blah. And something's going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen. Some of y'all could say the Lord's Prayer upside down, backwards, underwater. You've known it for years. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us a day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Please not temptation. Deliver us from evil. Find the kingdom, power, glory. Amen. It's bedtime. It's bedtime. Now lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I shall die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. You're just spitting out the words. Maybe it's dinner time. You know, it's time to pray. Let's hold hands. There's the bread. There's the meat. Why in the world don't we eat? (laughs) And you're like, we prayed. Check. We're good. We got the night prayer, the day prayer, the, the food prayer. Okay, we're good to go. But we're just saying words. That is the equivalent of getting home from work and your spouse comes in and you got your phone and you're like this. You're like, how was your day? Uh huh. I'm on Instagram, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how are the kids? Kids good, yeah. She said, what? Oh, that's rough, rough. Yeah, what's for dinner? You're not listening. You're not engaging. We're saying words, but we're not actually growing in intimacy. We're not quite engaging. That's three. We recite words rather than have a conversation. Four, <laughs> this is my favorite. We mistake worrying out loud for prayer. Worrying out loud is not prayer. Let me say that again. Worrying out loud is not prayer. Some of you think it is. Some of you have tried this prayer thing and it didn't work. You're like, I don't feel better. I feel worse. Nothing happened. Nothing changed because your prayer sounds like this. You're just worrying out loud. You're like, dear God, help that report get back positive. God, help him not leave. God, help us find reconciliation. God, help the bank. God, the credit card company keeps calling. God, help them stop calling. God, help us find a a path to change our finances. God, we keep screwing this up. God, what's going to happen? God, are we going to lose the car? God, are we going to lose the house? That's not prayer. That's worrying out loud. No wonder nothing's happening. No wonder you don't feel better or closer to God or any peace or calm. Of course not. Of course not. I was reading a study and I couldn't get my hands on it. It was a few months ago, but If you put yourself mentally in a situation, your body can have the same physiological effects as if you were actually there. So like if you're constantly saying, what if they take the car? What if the report's negative? What if I lose my job? You're essentially putting your body in a place as to which it's like, is this actually happening right now? Jacks with your blood pressure and your hormones and you lose sleep. You might have nightmares over it. It's just how it goes. The opposite is true too. Some of y'all, if you want to relax, what do you do? You picture you're at the beach. 
You're relaxing with a drink in your hand, just chilling. See, you're like, that makes me feel calm. The opposite is true. And when we try to pray by just listing the things that annoy us or are frustrating us, we're not actually praying. We're just making it worse. Let's go to Luke 11. This is what Jesus had to say. You can follow along on, there's an app you version, or you can look just right behind me. It's simple. Or if you brought a Bible, that's cool too. Follow along with me. Let's see what Jesus had to say, because he had a lot to say on prayer. Because if you're like me, you struggle with it. You struggle with it. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, that's one of his friends, his followers said to him, he said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. John the Baptist was also this religious leader. He also had disciples. So he says, hey, teach us to pray just as John taught his. And he said to them, when you pray, say, and he gives them a formula. He gives them something. I think it's fitting before we get to that, before we get to the meat of it, if we go to the Lord in prayer. So why don't we take a second? Why don't we bow our heads? Let's pray. And then we'll jump into the meat of it. God, I thank you for being our father, for being full of love and grace and peace and for meeting us right here, no matter where we are, no matter if our spouse is deployed and we're having just a hell of a week missing him or her, no matter if we're worried about money or school or that next step, no matter if we're stressed out about raising these kids or finances or whatever it is, God, I just ask you to be here with us. Father God, meet us here. We love you. We glorify you. And we ask you to um, be glorified today and help us get to know you better in whatever that means for us. In your son's good name. Amen. Amen. So they essentially go to Jesus. I'm over here chilling. Jesus is over there. He's praying. Doesn't sound like my prayers. It sounds pretty good. He's peaceful. He's calm. I need to do some of that. So they come to him and they say, Jesus, can you, can you teach me to do that? Can you teach me to pray how you're praying? I want to, I want that. I want to sound like that. I want those results. What's fascinating is Jesus's response because Jesus just says, okay. And if you're having a conversation now, you'd be like, of course you would say, okay, like, why not? But if you read Jesus a lot, if you look at the New Testament a lot, Jesus rarely just says, cool, okay. He usually will tell a story. They'll ask him about something and he'll ask them a question back. Or someone will ask him a question and he'll tell a story. It's like if your kids say, um, you know, I worked hard on this. And you're like, let me tell you about hard work. You know what I'm saying? You don't like address it. You just kind of go off on this tangent, this story. But they say, can we, can you teach us to pray? And he says, yep. Another odd thing about this is when they have covered that already, they've been living with this dude 24-7, camping out, staying at houses, touring the countryside. Prayer never came up. Isn't that just a little weird? I feel like it's like basic stuff. It's like, Jesus, we've been following you. We've seen all these miracles. Oh, can you teach us something really basic? It never came up. It never came up. It's very fascinating. I think God is trying to teach us something here because it's odd. He didn't teach them until they asked him. I think there's a teaching moment here. I think there's a little lesson here. James 4, 2 says this. It says, you do not have because you do not ask God. That's deep. But that's to the point too. You do not have because you do not ask God. Let me say this before I continue. God initiates our salvation. He does it all. Christianity teaches that your salvation was carried out through Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross. It's not, well, you work really hard and he'll finish. He'll, he'll, he'll meet you halfway. It's not God helps those who help themselves. It's not be a good person and Jesus will accept you for who you are. No, no, no. The whole idea is that Jesus accomplished all of it 100% on the cross. But God initiates our salvation, but 
we must initiate the conversation. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. The only reason we're here, that this church exists, that you're here is because he drew you. I know that might sound weird. Scripture says you don't even want to know God, have a desire for God, care about God, want to worship God, want to learn more, unless God puts something on your heart, puts a person in your life and says, let me pull you a little closer just to take a peek, just to take a look. So he's doing all that, but I think it's on us to initiate the conversation. He ain't going to schedule a conference call with you. He's not, you're not going to check your email Monday morning and there's a calendar invite nine to nine fifteen. say, pray with me, talk to me. No, 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 it's not going to happen. The busyness of our life is going to drown out our time with him. It's going to be on you when the kids are finally quiet, finally at preschool, finally at school. You get, no, you get 30 minutes. Am I going to look at Instagram or am I going to talk to the creator of the universe? It's on you. It's on you. It's on you. And I hate, I get it, but I wish you would have taught him sooner, but I think he was trying to teach them something. Hey, you want to grow your faith? You got to initiate. You got to reach out. I'm, I'm doing my part. I'm doing all this, but hey, you want to learn to pray? Ask me about it. You want stronger faith? Ask me about it. It's on us to schedule. So he just answers them, it's just, which is fascinating. Jesus says this. He said to them, when you pray, say, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we're going to break this down. So don't worry if these words are confusing. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So what I want to start with is that he's talking about friendship over formula. This isn't a formula that you just recite and things are cool. Oh, I did my prayer today. No, it's more of a, it's, it's not something you memorize. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a guideline. It's all about friendship. It's all about this relationship. He's just telling us how we should pray. I did a biker funeral one time and you're like, what the heck's a biker funeral? It's a funeral for someone who was a biker. All right. She was a biker. You know, her family reached out and said, can you do the funeral? I did. And I had never seen one like it. I was there maybe 30, 40 minutes early and it was packed. I'd never had overflow parking at a funeral. It was packed, motorcycles everywhere, okay? Went in, every seat was full. There was standing room in the back. They were in overflow. They were out in the lobby. And a lot of the bikers, they were so cool in their leather jackets and their vests and their bandanas. They played Ozzy Osbourne as the casket left and they went to the pub after and all got a drink. They they were just having fun, celebrating her life. And they were really thankful to me. They were like, thank you for your words. Thank you for your encouragement. But I kept hearing the same story over and over. And it was this, I wasn't really raised in church. I went 20, 30 years ago, but I haven't been to church in so long. So many of them said, not a church dude, not a church girl, not really my thing, but something interesting happened. The family asked me at some point in the ceremony to say the Lord's prayer. So at the end of the ceremony, I'm starting to say the Lord's prayer, which is that. And I said, our father who art in heaven. And I would say 90% of the bikers joined in. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. They just jumped in. Now, keep in mind this. They say, I'm not a religious person. I don't really follow God. I don't really go to church, but they had this memorized. Here's what I don't want for you. I don't want you to have it memorized up here, but not have it right here. I don't want you to be able to say, look, I've got the stuff memorized. I've got the answers. I've got the quick scripture references. I can tell you that. But when it comes down to, do I have an active living relationship with my Lord and Savior? No. Some of you have it memorized here, but it hasn't sunk down. It's not living. It's not active. 
let's break down what Jesus said word by word. He started by saying this. He said, our father. So before you start venting, before you start worrying out loud, before you ask for anything, we acknowledge him, our father. We call him daddy. We call him father. Now, some of you, this is a difficult thing because you don't have a great father. You either didn't know your father or he's, he's absent or he was abusive or he, he hurt you. So when you hear father, you're like, I don't want to get involved with that. Jesus says, not my father. If you were here the last two weeks, or even if you read by yourself, you'll see that God as father is this loving figure, this generous one, this one that says you're a treasure, that he fights to bring you home, that he'll do whatever it takes at any cost to bring you back home. And he wants to throw a party for you. God loves you. And he has a plan for you. He is nothing like your earthly father. Nothing. The whole idea of our father means that we have access to him. It means access. It means this. I love y'all. I do. But if any of you wanted a glass of water or really anything at two, three, four in the morning, you ain't getting it. Nada. You can call me. My phone's off. You can show up at my house. I'll call the cops. I would love to. The only two people other than my wife who have that access to me are those who call me daddy. My oldest son, he's three. He kind of says daddy. He kind of, he leaves out the middle. He says, daddy, 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 daddy. That's what he says. My little one, he's six months. He just started saying dada two days ago. He goes, he looks like a fish. And then he goes, dada. And I'm like, we all go, what? And he goes, dada. And we're like, yes, it's like the coolest thing in the world. But you need to know, I'll do anything for those little jokers. I'll get out of bed. I'll do it anything, anything they ask, because they have that access to me that you don't have. Being, having that father relationship means that we can call on the king, the king of the universe at three in the morning, asking for a glass of water, asking, can you comfort me? Asking, can you talk to me? Asking, hey, can we go do this? And he says, yes. He'll get out of bed for you. He'll say, yes, honey, what do you need? What's worrying you? What's bothering you? When you acknowledge our father, you're acknowledging that we have that access with the creator of the universe. He sees you as a loving child. He adores you. And he has counted every single hair on your head. We have to start there. So you feel the difference. Rather than saying, this is going wrong. This sucks. I'm scared about this. No, no. Before we even get to that, we start by saying, look, I'm loved. Okay. You have a plan for me. You're my dad. You're close. I can access you whenever. Second part, who art in heaven. Before you start stressing out, venting, making a list, acknowledge that he is above. He's above this life. He's above this body. He's above the problems that you're currently facing. He's in heaven. He's above all this. He's above it and he is beyond it. This puts things into perspective. You might just stop worrying. When you get that medical report and you acknowledge he's up in heaven, you realize, wait, wait, wait. No matter how bad it is, he's still beyond this. There's life beyond this. There's hope and joy and peace beyond every single thing that this world throws at me. No matter how bad today is, no no matter what tomorrow brings, God is still God. And acknowledging that as we pray changes your perspective. You might be good here. You might have been stressed, worried, frustrated, and you pray two things. You say, our Father, you're our God. We have access to you. You're in heaven. You're above all this. That might just chill you out. You might say, you know what? I'm good. I was sweating bullets. I couldn't sleep. But you know what? After I reminded myself that, things have changed a little bit. Hallowed be thy name. 
Before you start venting, worrying out loud, before you start stressing or even asking him anything, you must say, hallowed be thy name. What hallowed? Halloween? Hallowed? What, what is, what, we don't use that word. I've heard it once, one time. There's this app called SoundCloud, and I listen to it. When I go to the gym, I listen to this weird kind of music. All right, heavy bass, crazy things going on. I drink my pre-workout, I go into this weird place, okay? If you see me at the gym, I might not make eye contact with you. It's no harm, it's the pre-workout talking, okay? And I was listening to this mix, it's called The Essential Mix. And in The Essential Mix, there was a guest DJ. And the guest, and he said, he said, now we have a guest DJ stepping into the hallowed Essential Mix DJ booth. And I said, there it is. That's the only time I've heard a human being use the word hallowed other than Jesus, Hallowed, meaning important, holy, powerful. Now, a DJ booth is not really hallowed. He's just making a big deal out of it. But when we say our God is hallowed, we are starting with worship. When you look at these three things, right? Okay, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We're starting this prayer. We're starting this communication. We're starting this out with worship. We're starting with worship. You maybe didn't know. You should start prayer with worship, but we absolutely should because it changes our perspective. I call it corrective perspective. Renewed perspective is corrective. It changes things. You realize my problems aren't so big. You realize this isn't going to last forever. You realize the God who's on my side is bigger than all this stuff that I'm facing, that he holds the future. You realize, hey, my perspective was wrong. I was looking at it. I was looking at this the wrong way, the completely wrong way. Because even if your body is broken, we're promised a renewed, restored body. Even if your marriage is broken, we are promised love, hope, and joy. That is always beyond our reach. He gives us that. He gives us that. Even if your hope is broken, we are promised a God who promises to never leave us or forsake us. That is corrective perspective. It changes things. And before you start asking things, before you start worrying about your kids or your marriage or this, you have a whole new perspective. You've just taken some time to praise him, to remind yourself and the world that he is greater than all this stuff that I have going on. Because if you stay stuck worrying your problems out loud, you will never find true peace. But once you realize we can approach God with worship, with corrective perspective, you can look in the devil's face and tell him, no matter what you throw at me, my God is bigger. He is hallowed. He is my father. I do have that access. He is good. And whatever life throws at me, if that is in my arsenal, we can get through anything. Anything. If you hold on to that, If you hold on to that, if you don't go into prayer saying, what about this? What if this happens? No, no, no. We start by saying our God is above this. We have access to him. He is a king. Start there. I would guess nine out of 10 of us don't start there. And I think that's why your prayer life isn't working. You say, this sucks. I feel terrible now. I just listed my problems for 10 minutes. That was never God's plan. I think the disciples do what we do. They need to go to Jesus and say, hey, can you teach me how to pray? Because something ain't working. You don't ask someone to fix something unless it's already working. I think they saw how much peace he had and they said, how do I get some of that? How do I, how do I tap into that? How, do, how does my life change? How do I talk to God the way you are? We have to ask him because something ain't working. Something ain't working. Next portion, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven before. Notice this. Have we asked for anything yet? 
We haven't asked for Jack. We haven't said, bless my kids, even good stuff. Bless the homeless, bless the poor. We haven't asked for anything. We haven't asked to change the world. We haven't asked for anything. We've just been talking to him. Before we ask for anything, before we vent, before we cry, before we whine, God asks us to say out loud, it's about his kingdom coming rather than ours. It's about his will being done rather than ours. Only in that context can you ask for something. Because some of y'all have asked for something and God said no. And you got mad at him. You turned your back from him. You say, you don't really love me. You don't really want what's best for me and my family because I asked you to heal and you said no. I asked for job A, you gave me job B. I asked for this and you gave me that. I wanted to marry that person and we, we broke up. That's not what I asked for. God will give you exactly what you would have asked for if you knew everything he knows. Now that was a little heavy. Let me say it again. Let's say you are praying for man A. Man A seems great. I'm praying for man A. He's a blessing on blessings on blessings. He's got a good job. He looks good. His family's not crazy. I want to marry man A. But God, something happens with man A. God, I've been praying for man A. And God says, no, no, no. You need to be with man B. You need to be over here. This is what I just said. If you knew everything God knew, you wouldn't be asking for man A because you would know you're supposed to be with man B. Do you know what I'm saying? God all the time does this and we get mad, we get frustrated. But if you had his perspective from eternity, if you had his power, if you had his goodness, you would be asking for something different. So before we even ask for something, we have to say, your will be done. We're acknowledging he knows better. That he does actually love us, that he does have a plan. And we're gonna trust it. We're gonna trust it. He's gonna give you whatever you would have asked for if you knew everything that he does. Next up, give us this day our daily bread. Not our daily kale. Our bread. Our carbohydrates. Now, if you're gluten-free, I ain't mad at you. That's cool too. That's still bread. But I want some carbs. You know what I'm saying? I need something to sustain me. This is the first time, if you noticed, we actually asked for something. And it took a while for us to get here, okay? It took us like 20 minutes to get here, okay? I think Jesus is trying to say, you don't just rattle off a list, say, hey, can, can you pick up these things for me at the store? No, 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 we have to get here. This is the part I think we ask for stuff. Healthy marriage, this for my kids, that for the homeless, this for the poor. I think this is the time to do that. But I think it's smart for us to focus on the daily. The minimum, he's reminding us daily bread, saying, God, thank you for the oxygen I breathe which no one in this room was thinking about. You just took it for granted until I just said it. You're like, yeah, that is kind of a nice thing. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the cool weather. Thank you for pumpkin spice everything. God, just thank thank you for all these things. When we acknowledge he guides us and loves us all the way down, we realize he loves and guides us all the way up. If he protects you in the little things, he's going to handle whatever shows up at your door tomorrow. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The series is about repentance, turning back, humbling ourselves. James had this to say, James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Do you want to be lifted up? Do you want to be exalted? Do you want a fresh start? Do you want some newness in your life? The way to get God to do that, the way he's going to do that is if you humble yourself. Quit trying to do it yourself. When you pray, you must communicate some ways that you fell short. 
that you didn't love your spouse like they deserve. You weren't the best parent you should have been. You didn't love the poor the way God calls us to. We have to acknowledge this stuff. I want to ask you, do you spend time in prayer justifying yourself or humbling yourself? Do you spend time um, explaining things away or humbling yourself? Do you spend time times humbling yourself or saying, well, God, it really wasn't my fault. God, it was my upbringing. God, it was, she should have taken care of that. God, these kids are crazy. You're justifying yourself. You're lifting yourself up. We must humble ourselves. We must humble ourselves. Saying, blaming, pointing fingers, not taking responsibility. That's the opposite of humbling, of humbling ourselves. And notice this, that our forgiveness is linked with forgiving others. That's big. That's big. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We ought to say, God, we need help. We can't just say, God, I praise you. Give me some stuff. Thank you. No, we got to say, God, I need some help because the only people who have affairs are those who think it could never happen to them. The only people who walk away from the faith are those who think I would never turn my back on God. The only people who are jacked up financially are those who think I make too much money to worry about all that stuff. I'm good. I'm good. You have no safeguards. You think it couldn't happen to you. Your back is wide open and you get knocked down with this deep pride. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. It's not if you're going to fall, it's when you're going to fall. If you got that pride, self-justifying, explaining things away, not relying on him, he says you're going to fall eventually. It's just a matter of when. It's just a matter of when. And we close with this. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When you pray, we start with worship. You saw it. We're going to end with worship. That's why service is the way it is. I never thought of that. We start with worship. We end with worship. Some of y'all are like, you start with worship? If you're here 10, 15 minutes late every week, you ain't going to know that. And some of y'all are like, we start when? We start at 10. What time? Is he calling me out? Maybe a little bit. But the point is this. The worship is good. I want you to commune with God. I want you to lift your hands up. It changes the way you hear the sermon. It does. I love Weston. I love seeing Weston's little face up there. But I'll tell you what, praising your hands to Jesus is going to change things. If you start your Sunday like that, you got a donut in your belly. Oh, Lord, a little coffee, hands up. I'm ready to receive something. I'm ready for it. Some sprinkles. Y'all left a box of sprinkles out there. I'm just going to take them and just guzzle them. The point is this, we start with worship, we end with worship. It changes our perspective, totally changes it. When you worship and then pray, and then you're communing with God, you're talking to him, and then you pray out, it changes everything. The way you raise your hands, the way you, the way you talk, the way you feel, it absolutely changes the way you approach him. Now, let me close with this. Here's what I don't want you to hear. Some of you already heard this. I don't want you to hear this. You suck at praying. You're bad at it. Bad, bad PJ, bad, bad, Dylan. That's why you don't feel close to God because you're doing it wrong. That's not the point at all. I don't want you to feel, oh, maybe I would. Maybe that's why I haven't felt close to God because I messed up. Don't, that's not the point at all because we will never pray perfectly. We will never forgive our enemies perfectly. We will never worship perfectly, but we have a God who does. You see, the father sent the son. Jesus Christ came into this world from heaven to earth. And he lived the perfect life. Meaning he did all these things we're supposed to do. He did them perfectly. He forgave his enemies perfectly. He loved perfectly. He, he humbled himself perfectly. You know what else he did? He, 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 um, he lowered himself 
perfectly. He did all these. He adored God perfectly. He did all those things. Because scripture teaches that we are more sinful and flawed than we would ever dare believe. But at the exact same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we would ever dare hope. Jesus lived as our substitute. He died as our substitute. He lived the perfect life and he gave his perfect record to us. If you turn to him, if you give your life to him, that's what you get. You don't have to quit trying to prove yourself, justify your past. I don't know. Maybe you had some F's, maybe some D's. If you give your life to Jesus, you crumple up your record, your transcript, and you get his straight A's. He gives them to you. And when God the Father looks at you, he doesn't see your mistakes, your sin, your past, because that was all paid for on the cross. You know what he sees? He sees the righteousness and the perfect love of his son. That's why we have access to the Father. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And the only reason that when we pray, God hears us is because Jesus died as our substitute. This prayer, I want you to realize this every time you pray it or every time you pray, that this prayer really embodies Jesus. It embodies his life, but more importantly, it embodies his death. Because Jesus Christ, on the cross and even before the cross, he called out Father to him. This prayer tells us we should forgive others. On the cross, you know what Jesus said? He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. This prayer tells us we should worship God and adore God. Jesus Christ worshiped God up until the very end, up until his last breath, he was speaking scripture. This embodies who he was. Do you know what he said right before his crucifixion in the garden, right before this all went down? Jesus said this. He said, look, is there any other way? But not my will, yours be done. That's exactly what he told us to pray. Not my will be done, but yours. Your will be done. The only reason we have access to the Father is because of the perfect life and death of Jesus. So whatever you're facing, whatever hell you're marching through, whatever questions you have, I want you to know this, that you are not alone. That we have a Father in heaven who absolutely adores you. You are the apple of his eye. You're his closest treasure. And he invites us to talk to him, to commune with him, to spend time with him. Life is too crazy to do alone. And I'll say it again, because some of you are feeling it. I know it. This is not a sermon saying you failed, you messed up, you're wrong, do it right. I just want to give you an opportunity to speak to your father, the creator of the universe. Remember this, we got to worship him. We got to call him father, show us that access. We got to praise him. We got to lift him high. We have to humble ourselves too. We're not coming before him to explain what happened. No, no, no. We're humbling ourselves and asking for help. And finally, we're saying, not my will be done, but yours. Y'all, I challenge you this week to try that. When you're going into work, turn off the radio, turn off the podcast, focus for a minute. And maybe you took notes. Maybe you just look it up in your Bible, but just go through it. Try it. Try opening with praise. Try humbling yourself. Try ending with praise. See how it changes your life. See how it changes how we can approach our Father. He loves you so much. And he wants to be a daily part of your life. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that you are our father, that we have access to you, that you love us, that you treasure us, that you think we are just fantastic, God. And I love, God, we just love you so much. God, thank you that you sent your son to give us access to you, a path to you, God. Help us not take that for granted, even for a second. Even for a second, God. God, help us humble ourselves. 
to not be embarrassed of our shortcomings or failures, but to know that you've washed them all away so we can talk freely about them. They don't hold us down anymore. They don't limit us anymore. And God, what we're about to do, God, help us worship you. Help us call your name hallowed, perfect and beautiful and pure. And draw us home to yourself. In your son's good, pure, sweet name we pray. Amen. We believe Jesus is on the move in Virginia Beach. And if you would like to learn more about who we are and our mission, follow us at Ascent Church 757. If you would like to give to further our mission to impact this city and beyond, you can do so at our website, ascentchurch.net. We hope to see you soon.